Welcome back. This is part two of Healing Relationships. Relationship gratitude tips. When you are looking for something to be grateful for, you're not focusing on the negatives. And a lot of times in our relationships, maybe we get annoyed because they snored all night. Maybe we have bad days where one of you is grumpy and it brings the other one down. There will not, you know, the rest of your life you can use all of these tools and you're still going to have bad days. You're still going to have disagreements, but using the tools will help you to overcome that quicker, to cope with it better, and to strengthen your connection. So relationship gratitude tips are essential to keeping you focused on the positives so that you don't focus on the negatives and forget all of the positives because as a human being it's easy to do that so the first one says to show interest in their life ask for specifics about your partner's day how was work how was traffic today did you eat lunch today use active listening make really good eye contact show that you're listening Respond with mm-hmm or with nodding. Paraphrase what your partner says back to them so they know you heard them. And try to understand what a day is like in their shoes. Give them compliments. Remember to compliment your partner just like when you first met. A lot of times people tend to get lazy. In the beginning, you're constantly praising this person. And over time, the thrill of the chase is gone, you've got them, you take them for granted, and the compliments stop. And believe it or not, those compliments are are wonderful, and they really brighten your partner's day just as they would brighten yours. So it doesn't matter if you've complimented them a thousand times, do it again, it does matter. Surprise them. Who doesn't love surprises, right? So get them a small gift. Pack them a lunch with a love note. Um, Do a chore that your partner doesn't like to do. Plan a date night. Um, Any small gesture that can show your appreciation. Help them to relax. If your partner experiences a lot of stress because of work and day-to-day stuff, give them a really relaxing evening. Draw them a bath, light some candles, offer them a back rub, expect nothing in return. Do it just out of the kindness of your heart because you love them. Go above and beyond with chores. Don't just do the dishes. Clean the whole kitchen. Wipe down the counters. Mop the floors. Wipe off the cupboards if if stuff has spilled on them. Clean the oven if it's yucky. Um, Go fill up your partner's gas tank. Get their oil changed. Wash their car. Do something you don't have to do, but something that you can do just to show that you care. Definitely mind your manners. Saying thank you and please are important, even when it's somebody who's been doing your laundry for 10, 20 years. It's still nice to have someone say, hey, thank you for doing my laundry. I know I don't say that enough. And try to catch your partner being helpful just so you can express gratitude and say thank you. Be Captain Obvious. Um, I know it seems silly, like, oh, he took out the garbage. He knows I saw him do it. It doesn't matter. When he comes back in from taking out the garbage, say, 
hey, come here and give him a kiss and say thank you for doing that. I appreciate you. Same, same with you guys. You see her doing your laundry. You see her cooking you dinner, taking care of the kids. It goes both ways. Thank you so much for being a good mommy to our children. Thank you so much for everything you do to keep this house beautiful. Um, make sure you're thanking each other. And when you make a request, say, could you please? Don't just say, go mow the lawn. <laughs> Big difference. Um, give an evening off. Let your husband or your wife take the night off. They People often cherish alone time. And it can be really hard to come by, especially if your parents or even if you don't have children, you might have a job that you get no time to breathe or at all during the day. Then you have to come home and you just want to unwind and be left alone. And then your, your significant other is in your face and you're like, ah. So do that once in a while. Give your partner a night off. Surprise them with a personalized evening off. Get their favorite foods. Get them their favorite desserts. Get a nice movie they love or something that they enjoy doing and let them just be by themselves. Give them a kiss and say, this is all for you. You enjoy. Um, be mindful of body language because you, as, as I've said before, our bodies speak volumes. Our bodies tell a lot more than our words do. So even if you don't mean it, your partner will notice if you're always scowling. So make a point to smile and laugh. Your partner may tell you you don't smile enough or you're not smiling, you're unhappy. Make sure that you do smile, laugh, touch your partner, just a hug or a, a pat on the back, something with a little smile just to let them know that, hey, it's all good. So next up I have the couple's assignment worksheet by Trish Fitzgibbons Anderson. She's a licensed marriage and family therapist. And she is out of Maine. Um, so this is an assignment worksheet. And I have a copy of this on my computer if you would like a copy to follow along with and to do with your partner. And this assignment is very similar to the eight dates because you want to talk with each other with genuine curiosity and you want to find out this will help deepen your connection so you want to ask each other questions such as what kind of messages explicit or implicit did you learn from your family for example don't trust anybody or talking about your feelings is dangerous it makes you vulnerable don't be a sissy be a man or don't cry go fix your makeup you, you can't be crying people will think you're weak or that relationships don't last or that marriage is garbage or um, how to take care of your depression with alcohol and distancing from people or that family is more important than anything or that honesty is always rewarded don't be deceitful what kind of important messages did you learn from your family negative and positive and how has that carried on into your adult life as a result of what you've learned, what have you practiced or become good at? Do you leave relationships before you get abandoned? 
Do you give in and become passive so you don't have to face any kind of conflict? Do you hold all of your feelings inside instead of trying to talk about them? Do you refuse to let yourself cry? Um, are you always there for family members if they need you because family is important? So how has that affected you and what have you learned to put into practice because of what you learned? And as a result of what you've practiced and what you have become, what have you missed out on? Um, example, being a self-sufficient loner, you've missed out on intimacy. Being afraid to express your feelings, you've missed out on connecting with others. What role did you play in your family of origin? Were you the smart one, the funny one, the peacemaker, the troublemaker, daddy's little girl, mommy's boy? Um, and I will have more on family roles coming up here in just a second, so keep that in mind. Um, how has that role that you played in your family shaped your personality, good or bad? Um, example, being good taught you to recognize others' needs, but not your own. So you put others first, you put yourself last. Maybe that's not such a good thing. Or that being honest is a good thing. So being honest has taught you that people who are dishonest are not going to want to be around you. And maybe being honest, you tell on yourself and get yourself in trouble sometimes. Being honest to a fault, you know. Um... While you were growing up, were any of your family members chemically dependent? This is a big one. Drugs or alcohol, or were they diagnosed with a mental illness such as depression or schizophrenia? Um, did they have anxiety? If yes, who was it in your family that had it and what was the diagnosis? And how did that affect you? And what about today? Are any of your members or family of origin or your immediate family addicted to alcohol or drugs? If yes, who is it and what is the dependency and how does that affect you? Now here you're, you're going to start to notice some family patterns. <coughs> and family patterns tend to repeat if we don't break them. Have there, have there been any other addictive behaviors either in your family of origin or your immediate family such as sex addiction, gambling, shopping addiction, eating disorders, that type of thing. Um, growing up, how could you tell that your mom and dad was angry and didn't approve of what you were doing? How could you tell when your mom and dad were feeling loving towards you? How did your parents express ne negative and positive feelings toward each other? Did you see them fight? Did they hide in the bedroom and try to keep it away from you? Um, how would you describe your relationship with your siblings when you were growing up? Did you fight with them a lot? Was it a lot of competition? Or were you guys buddies, like it's us against the parents? Like, what kind of relationship did you have there? And you and your spouse both need to answer these questions. Because this is going to help you create a better understanding for each other. Um... So this, this worksheet does go on and on. It talks about occupation, health information, um, different relationships. How did you relate to your mom? How did you relate to your dad? Did you have a parent who was absent from your life? 
and then it goes into talking about your goals and this can really help you to get back on track to having a healthy relationship when you understand each other to that depth and you may have already shared your life stories with each other and everything but if if nothing else you might learn one or two new things about each other that you never knew so be sure to uh, if you would like that that worksheet I'm at um, Elizabeth LMFT at Outlook.com or I'm at uh, www.elizabethlmft.org. Just let me know you would like the uh, couples worksheet. So I'm going to jump into the love languages with a very funny summary of the love languages. This one's all about burritos and I love it. It's just hilarious. So the first love language is words of affirmation. And the example given here is, this is a good burrito. Or you made a really good burrito. Acts of service is the next one. And that would be, hey, I made you a burrito. Receiving gifts is the third one. And that would be, oh, thank you for giving me a burrito. I, you bought me a burrito. Or I bought you a burrito. That would be a gift. Quality time. Hey, let's go down and get some burritos together. And physical touch. Arms around a person wrapped in a warm hug like a big burrito. <laughs> so the five love languages are words of affirmation, acts of service, receiving gifts, quality time, and physical touch. So words of affirmation, self-explanatory, you know, it's... It's noticing they did something cool and you verbally point it out like Captain Obvious. Or you constantly remind them with compliments. You are a good mom. I was watching the way you worked with the kids with their online school. And I know it's hard because they can't really do much with this whole ridiculous lockdown we're under. And you're handling it like a trooper. You're a really good mom. Or... You know, with this lockdown, it's been hard and the kids have too much screen time. But honey, I noticed you walked the kids down to the park with a soccer ball. And I just thought that was beautiful. You are, you are truly a good dad. You're a very dedicated, good father. Thank you. Point those things out. Those are words of affirmation. And who doesn't feel good when they receive words of affirmation validating their positive traits or their positive behaviors? Um, acts of service, you know, I just kind of mentioned that too. Take their car down and wash it for them. Um, take their car down and fill up their gas tank. Go get their oil changed for them. Or if your husband always mows the lawn, maybe you could go mow the lawn one day and say, surprise, I mowed the lawn for you. And um, help each other out around the house. Help each other with the kids. You know, a lot of times one parent will be home with the kids all the time while the other one's gone at work all the time. And maybe you could plan to switch roles one day. You'll take the day off, plan it in advance, request the day off. You stay home with the kids all day and let your spouse go out and have some self-time just to take a break. 
So acts of service are, are really good love language. Receiving gifts is not what it sounds like. You, you may be thinking, well, that's really superficial. It's really not because I'm not talking diamond rings and big, big gifts like you would expect to get maybe on an anniversary. I'm talking everyday stuff like you stop off at AM, PM on the way f home from work because you've been craving a super carbonated fountain drink all day and you're like, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to go get it. So you go stop in and get it and you see something, a cute little toy or a cute little fake rose or something and you think, you know what, that's adorable. I'm going to buy it for my spouse. And you come home and you say, I bought this just because I love you. And when somebody is given a small gift, no matter how small, I don't care if you pick a little daisy out of a garden and write a little note that says, just because I love you. That gift tells them that you thought about them and that you care about them and you think about them throughout the day. And it's especially effective if you listen to them when they're talking and they say stuff like, oh, I love that shade of red. I wish I had that nail polish. It's called Malaga Wine by OPI and I've had a hard time finding it, but my friend has it and it's so pretty. I love that shade. And maybe, maybe you figure out how to find it. Maybe you Google, look on Amazon and you find exactly what she was talking about and you spend 10 bucks and buy it for her she's gonna feel even more happy because not only did you think of her in a sweet way, but now she knows you listen to her too. And so same with you ladies. If your husband is talking about something that he would love to have, you know, a certain power tool or something, just surprise him with it one day and say, you know, it was kind of a big purchase. And we normally would discuss these things, but I just wanted to surprise you. So I hope you're not mad. Or something small. Maybe his socks have holes in them. So you run out and buy him some nice, luxurious socks. You know, a new pair of socks can make you feel like a millionaire for about an hour till you get used to them. <laughs> so receiving gifts is a sweet thing. It's not superficial. Quality time. All right, you guys. Quality time. This is a lot more than spending five minutes saying, how was your day? Did you eat lunch today? Oh, you look stressed. Yeah, you've been working with the kid. Okay, okay, I'm gonna go take a shower now. I'm gonna go mow the lawn now, bye. I spent time with you, okay, bye. Uh, it's not like that. That's not quality time. Quality time is not sitting on the couch together for two hours while one person browses Pinterest and the other one's on social media reading memes. That's not quality time. Quality time is putting away your devices, turning your bodies towards each other, making good eye contact, talking about your day, taking turns talking, using active listening, and giving each other words of affirmation and some cuddles. And maybe it's a nature walk, just the two of you. If it's family quality time, it's all of you taking a nature walk. No devices, put your phones away unless it's for a quick picture. But don't have your kids holding a tablet and you holding your phones and selfie sticks hanging out everywhere. <laughs> uh, Facebook live and the whole thing. Look what we did, we had family time, check it out. 
it's nobody's business. Just enjoy it. Put your devices away and really focus on each other. Be mindful in the moment and and create some good memories. Have fun with it. Have, have a time to connect. Um, so that's quality time. And then physical touch. It's, of course, it is sex with your partner, but it doesn't have to be sex. It can be a hug. It can be putting your hand on their leg under the table while you're sitting there at the dinner table. It could be brushing your hand across the small of their back as you walk by. It could be a smack on the booty, um, holding their hand. There are so many ways to express physical touch. And if your partner's love language is physical touch, they crave your touch. They crave it. They live for it. If your partner's love language is words of affirmation, they crave your praise. They want you to notice them and tell them about it. If it's acts of service, they are thirsty for you to do something nice for them. If it's receiving gifts, it melts their heart and just like butter every time you bring them a small gift. They love it because they feel so loved. If it's quality time, they daydream about quality time with you. So, knowing your love language is important, yes, but it's more important to understand your partner's love language because you want to speak their love language to them. And it doesn't have to be just one of these. You could say, well, my partner definitely loves words of affirmation, acts of service, and definitely physical touch. So you take those three and combine them and break it up. You know, maybe on Monday you will do something extra nice, an act of service. Every day you give words of affirmation and uh, you try to be a little more affectionate towards them because you know that they love that. And then in return, you know, you're not doing it with any expectations, but in return they learn your love language and they speak to you in your love language. So you don't have to ask for your needs to be met because it's happening. So that's kind of what where love language goes. Those are the basic, those are the love languages. We're going to take a really quick break and come right back. Okay, so we're back and this is a story out of the Love Languages book by Gary Chapman. And this story really drove it home for me when I was learning about love languages. Gary Chapman is a genius. So this lady, I'm just going to um, paraphrase here. I'm not going to read it word for word. But this lady came to her pastor and she said, I just, my marriage, I'm so unhappy. I just don't know. She showed up with no appointment and she just walked in. And uh, Gary Chapman was her pastor. And she said, you know, I've just been going crazy. And my husband, I've, I've asked him, I don't know how many times, to paint the house. And it's like he never gets around to it. And I've, I've asked him several times. And... Uh, Gary says, well, do you think he forgot? And she said, well, no, I'm, I'm sure he knows that I, I want it done. I've, I've said it enough times. And um, he told her about the love languages. And 
she said, well, I can't fix this marriage by myself. I mean, he has to be part of it, right? And he told her, just give it a try. You observe him and try to figure out what his love language is. And then you speak to him in that love language. Try it for a couple weeks and no complaining and just see how it goes. And she said, okay, well, it sounds a little crazy, but I'll, I'll give it a try. So she started paying attention and she knows that her husband loves to receive compliments and he likes uh, quality time and physical touch. So she started speaking to him in his love language. She started um, telling him, hey, I, I noticed you took out the trash. I noticed you mowed the lawn. Thank you, honey. Thank you. And he was concerned because up until now, he had never had anything but nagging from her. And she had been irritated with him because he wasn't getting the things done like painting the house that she wanted done. So he was a little confused and he came up and he said, honey, what's going on? And she goes, what do you mean? And he said, well, you're, you're different. You're being so nice to me. I don't, I don't understand what's going on. And she said, I just realized that um, I've been a little grumpy and I love you and I want you to know how much I love you. That's all. And he said, oh, okay, that's strange. So he continued um, being himself, but he continued noticing that she was just so sweet to him. And it got to a point where he was starting to feel guilty. So he finally came to her and he said, you're killing me with kindness. <laughs> and I feel like I don't deserve it because I haven't done anything for you. So what can I do for you? And she said, I don't expect anything. You don't have to do anything. I just love you. And she left the next day to go shopping, grocery shopping, run some errands. And she came home and he was painting the house. And she almost did a cartwheel. She was so happy. And then after that, he started doing all kinds of other things that she had been nagging him about. He got the house painted. He got this tree dug up out of the yard that she was tired of looking at. All this stuff. He was just on the ball. And uh, she was telling him, thank you, thank you. I love the, the house. It looks so much better. And thank you for getting rid of that old dead tree. And thank you for taking care of the cars and rearranging that garage. Everything's beautiful. Thank you so much. And she went back and she told Gary, oh my God, you know what? He has changed and um, she was blown away by it. And that's kind of when he started thinking, you know, I need to teach this to everybody. So brilliant guy to come up with this. So um, a little more in depth description of the love languages. You may have an idea already of what yours are and what your partners are, but this might help. So words of affirmation, actions do not always speak louder than words. If this is your love language, unsolicited compliments mean the world to you. Hearing the words, I love you, are important. Hearing the reason behind that love sends your spirit flying. Insults can leave you shattered and are not easily forgotten. Quality time. In the vernacular of quality time, 
Nothing says I love you like full, undivided attention. Being there for this type of person is critical, but really being there. No devices. Fork and knife down. All chores and tasks are on standby. Make your significant other feel truly special and loved and top priority. Distractions, postponed dates, or the failure to listen can be devastating to a person whose love language is quality time. Receiving gifts, not materialism. The receiver of gifts thrives on the love and the thoughtfulness and the effort behind the gift. If you speak this language, the perfect gift or gesture shows that you are known, you are cared for, you are heard, and you are prized above whatever was sacrificed to bring the gift to you. A missed birthday, anniversary, or a hasty, thoughtless gift would be disastrous to you. So would the absence of everyday gestures. Acts of service. Can vacuuming the floors really be an expression of love? Absolutely. Anything you do to ease the burden of responsibility weighing on as acts of service person will speak volumes the words he or she most want to hear is hey let me do that for you laziness broken commitments and making more work for your significant other tells them that their feelings do not matter and that all of their hard work is not respected physical touch this language is not all about the bedroom chicka wow wow <laughs> a person whose primary language is physical touch is not surprisingly very touchy hugs pats on the back holding hands and thoughtful touches on the arm or shoulder or even on the face can all be ways to show excitement concern care and love physical presence and accessibility are crucial while neglect or abuse can be unforgivable and destructive to a person whose love language is physical touch. So I hope that helps you to determine where you're at and where your partner is at in the terms of love language. I highly recommend you buy the book on Amazon, The Five Love Languages. It's a great book. So now I want to dive into the needs that we have in a relationship. So we have needs for connection, honesty, meaning, play, peace, autonomy, physical well-being. So under connection, that umbrella is quite a lot because we have acceptance, affection, appreciation, belonging, cooperation, communication, a team spirit, working together as a team, being close, being part of your community, compassion, consideration, consistency, empathy, intimacy, love, nurturing, respect and self-respect, safety, support, to know and to be known, to see and to be seen, to understand and to be understood, and to have trust and to give trust. Physical well-being, of course, that's your shelter, your touch, your air, your food, your hydration. Honesty, integrity, presence, authenticity. Uh, play, 
we want joy we want humor we want to let our inner child out and play tag and and throw water on you when we're outside washing the car we want to tickle each other we want to make faces and silly voices and act like pterodactyls running around the house have fun uh peace under peace it has beauty communion ease equality harmony inspiration and order autonomy freedom choice independence space spontaneity meaning awareness celebrating life challenge clarity competence consciousness creativity discovery effectiveness learning mourning participation expression stimulation to feel that you matter and understanding values in a relationship are the same as the needs because you value those things therefore you need them so in a relationship now personally you have your personal boundaries right and they have their personal boundaries like i will not tolerate somebody chewing gum with their mouth open like a damn cow in my presence i will i will ask them kindly to please spit it out or go away or or i'll leave <coughs> that's fine or a personal boundary might be i never loan anybody money it's just a bad deal i'm not going to do it or don't touch me i don't like people hanging on me unless you're super close to me thank you very much Okay, so you have your individual boundaries which are great, but now your relationship has to have boundaries of its own. So based on the needs and values, you sit down together and create boundaries for your relationship such as uh neither of us should ever put ourselves in a position uh relating to the opposite sex. that could put us in a position to consider or entertain the idea of flirting and having an affair. So we will agree to that. Um neither one of us will go and spend a large amount of money without consulting the other because that's our money that we work for together and put in an account together and we both need to be made aware if a big purchase is to happen. So you'll set boundaries for the relationship. You get the idea, right? So this is part 2. I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up and then I will come back with part 3. In part 3, I will be discussing the Gottman Institute's book called 8 Dates and how to utilize it. I highly recommend you pick up a, a copy on Amazon. if you want to work on healing your romantic relationship or marriage thank you for listening and make great choices give long hugs and heal your relationship start now why not